Welcome to Folk Rock Diva Talk, your intersectional destination for all things music, dignity politics, personal growth and development, queer life, fat activism, and general existentials. My name is Lily Lewis, the Folk Rock Diva, and I am here to tell you all about the view from my corner of the universe. for another folk rock diva talk and this week i might just let you know who the folk rock diva really is at least i'm gonna try i mean i feel like i've been preferencing that touchy-feely stuff you know where i wear my heart on my sleeve but this week i'm having the kind of week where i need to push back a little bit on my environment and my experience and uh you know, the kind of pushback that gives you your bearings again, gets you grounded in your purpose and your world and your view uh, and who you really think you are. And I think I'm going to try to do that with you, if you'll let me. So this is the Folk Rock Diva's origin story. And by origin story, I mean, you know, every hero or villain's got a before and an after, right? They've got their Clark Kent and their Superman. They've got their inside the Matrix. They've got their outside the Matrix. And then they've got their tricking out the Matrix identity, right? And every person I know, even though we're living in this time where, you know, everybody's got some kind of avatar out there in the digital sphere. Every person I know who has really had to name themselves has had a reason to name themselves. Let me say that again. When a person chooses to rename themselves, they have a reason to rename themselves. And I want to talk to you a little bit about my reason for calling myself the folk rock diva, because this week I've had people try to name me for me. And you can probably hear in my inflection that I feel compelled to offer a little bit of pushback on that. Um, But I also understand that, that it's easy to misname someone if you don't know them. So it's my job to help you get to know me. (laughs) I hope so, at least. Um, I call this an intersectional space because I find myself occupying a number of different uh, demographic spaces. And some of the branding on the spaces that I occupy are doing quite well. For example, um, I'm queer and it's Pride Month and, you know, the Internet is ablaze with rainbows right now. And, And it's also Black Music Month and I'm a black musician. So, hey, we're two for two. But what about some of the other identities, like me having been a trauma kid and being seven years in recovery for CPTSD? Now, it also happens to be Mental Health Awareness Month, so ideally it'd be safe for me to tell you about that. And yet I feel like the conversation around mental health awareness is only just beginning. You know, I'm very thankful that we're as a society, getting more comfortable with words like depression and anxiety, Um, especially since I'm not sure I 
know anyone who's not suffering or hasn't at some point suffered um, from from one position or another on that spectrum. We're getting familiar with words like neurodivergence, which I'm so thankful for. Um, if we look at our history and how we've managed that concept of people thinking differently, of brains, minds, bodies, and nervous systems functioning fundamentally differently than how a societal norm might expect, you only have to scratch the surface before you find some devastating facts. I mean, even being queer not too long ago was considered a disorder, right? So we're growing up around that, and thank goodness. And yet there's so many difficult conversations that still need to happen. There's so, so many people still afraid of being stigmatized uh, and ostracized for their own traumatic stories. And there's still such a narrow window of intervention for neurodivergent folks whose environments may, in fact, be exacerbating their symptoms. Now, I want to just take a moment to reiterate that it is, in fact, Mental Health Awareness Month, Black Music Month, and Pride Month. I mean, they should have just named it Folk Rock Diva Month, don't you think? So mental health awareness is getting a branding overhaul, thank goodness. Um, And yet somehow mysteriously, my identity as a black person not getting the same branding overhaul. Uh, For years now, um, it's been a handful of years now, um, we've been trying to assert that our lives are just as relevant as everyone else's, and yet we are either treated like charity cases on one hand, um, or treated like terrorists on the other, uh, just for waking up and staking that claim. This week, in fact, in my world, um, a debate arose around whether critical race theory was a a viable field of study, uh, whether it should actually be impacted. Acting, um, the lives of young learners, um, whether it had a place in the world. And not unlike times before when I've tried to assert otherwise, um, I was uh, accused of being divisive by suggesting that the narratives that critical race theory attempts to um, bring back into the conversation is corrective in the name of inclusivity, in fact. Now, I don't think I'll be able to express in words how broken my heart seems to remain perpetually when it tries to reconcile how much we fight every day because our basic humanity is always in question. I've got this wild and crazy notion in my head, and I'm not sure where it came from, but it basically is telling me that justice and a basic sense of inherent worth and dignity shouldn't feel like rocket science for anyone. And I mean that. I mean anyone. I mean um, not even fat people which is another space I occupy, should have to fight for inherent worth and dignity. By that I mean our basic value in the world should not be placed into question uh, based on the size or shape of our bodies. Now, body positive movement notwithstanding, 
we have a long way to go on this. The fact that our favorite joke about our last president uh, collectively was what his body looked like means so the dog whistle message in every single hamburger or fried chicken joke was that his poor character was embodied in the shape of his body. So if that's the case, and we're supposed to take that for granted, how are we ever going to have a President Stacey Abrams if we can't manage to kill the fat jokes, folks? Now, these are just some of the spaces that I occupy, but I can tell you, from the view with all of these layers going on, one thing becomes very clear. We, as a society, are still entirely too wanton with the inherent worth and dignity of our fellow humans. Can you dig it? Can you pick up what I'm putting down? Hmm. Now, now we can talk about the birth of the folk rock diva. I spent most of my life trying to learn how to play double dutch and hopscotch at the same time while patting my head and rubbing my belly and trying to make it to the moon. All because my world was fragmenting me. My world was reflecting back to me that not only was my intelligence, my value, my heart, my intention, my appearance, my worthiness, my everything was in question. All was in question. And the sad thing is, um, I'm a literal uh, representation of this experience, but I don't know anyone who doesn't feel subjected to these same feelings. But I got the opportunity to be saved because I, hallelujah, joined a rock band. My wife Liz and I formed a band called The Shiz back in 2009 when we moved home to her hometown, Hammond, Louisiana, after she'd gotten fired for being gay. Um, You can imagine that she was a little angsty about it, and we used the band to help her refine her feet, as it were. And I, for the first time in my life, got to step out of my nerdy little practice room and... uh, and play music that brought my whole body alive again. I mean, in ways I hadn't felt since my opera days, really. Now, Liz's songs could be as intimate as they were brazen, and I did my best to follow suit. But my favorite thing about it was I was finally surrounded by harmony and rock guitars. Man, you couldn't tell me anything. That band became my drug of choice. We gagged as much as we could, and we put out a couple of records singing songs for the people that we often like to get loud about it. Now, the diva part, of course, came in because I had been an opera singer, and I still managed to carry myself in some way that always gave that part of me away. But the real heart of the diva wasn't born until much later. As my Twitter sage, at Dr. Mad Mo says, one day I began to gift myself coherence. I literally and thankfully had grown exhausted of my own angst when one day, much like a song coming through, a creed came through for a new vision of who I wanted to be. 
It started by asking me a question. Lily, what color is your song? What is your breed? Where are you in the spectrum of your world? Do you know what frequency that is? Can you tune into that? What color is your song? And once I had determined that (laughs) the color of my song was orange, (laughs) which is why I say I play orange music, um, the voice that was bringing the creed said, okay, good, you know who you are, you know what frequency, what vibration you're resonating. So can you own that? Can you own your aspects, Lily? Can you own your aspects? What makes you you? Now, once you've owned that, it took me to step three. You know, go ahead and dig in. Bring it hard, bring it real, bring it strong, and bring it true to the best of your ability. Don't ever lie, and don't ever bend in a way that takes you away from your core sense of integrity. Now, you're clear and you're strong, but don't mistake that for aggression. Be yourself be your whole self, but practice radical decency while doing so. That was step four. Practice radical decency. Because we're here to illuminate, not to cause harm, not to spread around neurosis and make things harder for each other. We belong to each other, in fact. (laughs) That's step five. Yeah, We belong to each other. We're responsible for each other. We're creating a collective story. And we won't survive if we don't learn the value of creating this story together. You know, we all have to bring who we are and what we're made of to the table. We have so many different expressions of humanity that are all coming together to tell one story. That was basically step six, that we're one soul of many colors. That our collectiveness is just as relevant as our individuality, and our individuality is just as necessary as our coming together. So after all of this is synthesized, you know what color your song is, and you've owned your aspects, And you bring that hard, you bring that forth with true integrity. And then you practice radical decency as you're bringing your true self through to the world. Because you're aware that we belong to each other. And you are aware that we are one soul of many colors. Then the question again arises. What color is your song? Now, I know after burning a lot of calories in trauma recovery, I'm finally getting a sense of who I am, and I'm finally getting a roadmap to discovering who I might become. I know now that I am responsible for my choices. I know now that I am responsible for my well-being. I know now that I'm strong enough to endure and heal just about anything that comes my way. 
I know now that difficult feelings are not the end of the world. I know now that I can hold them and grow through them and learn through them. I know that I want to spend the rest of my life doing so. And weirdly enough, I think I've discovered that I want to spend a good portion of the rest of my life encouraging others to take that ride with me. I am my own survival. I am my own resolve. I am my own reserve. And I would love for us to learn together how to be that for ourselves and how to be that for each other.
Support Folk Rock Diva Talk by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash folkrockdiva. And remember, if you're not sure how to be, practice radical decency. <laughs>